0: I heard you said happy new year last episode so <laughs> so now have a miserable <laughs> new year's god damn it yeah. <laughs> i rescind my i rescind my good good wishes yeah. upon yeah. you all
1: by We're the time you're the first listening... two
2: weeks of the new year
1: by the time you listen to this you'll already have experienced uh the robot um coup going on in our country uh watch out for that new variant of covid uh The sunflower variant. I don't know. We've got like all kinds of crazy things we could make up right now that are happening in the future.
0: Is it the sunflower variant because like we're trying to forget it?
1: (laughs) No, that was just literally the first word that came to my mind. I'm sorry. I I should have (laughs) like rehearsed this.
0: (laughs) We we don't do rehearsals here at the Elder Millennial Network. Damn it. (laughs) Everything's off the cuff. What am
1: I a professional?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean mean, tech. Technically, we got we made a little money, so I think technically we are professionals, don't we? Ha- Do we have to join a union at some point? I mean, <laughs> it's a union uh, of
1: three. <laughs>
2: yeah, D- Dave, I demand we're paid more.
0: <laughs> well, uh, too bad. <laughs> You're fired, <laughs> David, Is that retaliation
2: I'm going to the uh, National Labor Board? Uh, anyway, go, go
0: go tell Elizabeth Ward, I'm sure she'll care. Ah, uh, yeah. They,
1: there probably will be like a podcasting union. You know, like a hundred years from now, if we're still alive on this planet. Or, well, I mean or other planets.
0: <laughs> there are definitely podcast networks that employ people and like, you know, clay like take administrative stuff off the top. Like there probably should be a union at some point, especially yeah. for people in that situation. Like I mean, they're broadcasters. Yeah. Let's 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 not kid ourselves anymore. Like podcasts yeah. have replaced radio for the most yep. part.
1: I wonder if you could join, what's it called, UCW, the United Communication Workers Union?
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're a podcaster that worked for a network or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Probably. Interesting. And I mean, you got to figure in the next 20 or 30 years, you know, uh, kind of tendencies towards uh, um, market concentration being what they are, that there probably will be like a big podcast, as (laughs) in like, you know, like maybe four or five companies that dominate like 90% of the podcast market.
0: That big podcast has gotten to you haven't they <laughs>
2: i mean but yeah though, it's probably gonna happen well it'll probably just be like you know some subsidiary of warners and some subsidiary of sony and some subsidiary of like viacom or whatever uh is it whoever is it viacom or whoever owns them whatever their parent company is uh, who does um,
0: they're all owned by like 15 people anyways so yeah yeah, yeah uh well, a- anyways on that note you're you are listening to exo friends the exo squad podcast on the Outer millennial network i am david hoyt and i'm joined by
2: kevon Fishami
1: and lexi de as of yet ununionized in my role as a podcaster
2: <laughs> dave we demand unionization <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> I'll, I'll try to fight it for some reason <laughs> uh so uh, as you said this is the first this is the first e- episode recovering in the new year um we hope you all enjoyed the uh the our dream our our picking out and selecting our dream cast for a, a live action remake if that were to ever happen and we had unlimited dollars um but uh the episode we're covering now is season two episode 15 venus rising written by Mark Edens and Brooks Wachtel, who we have, we have talked about before. And uh, diving right into it, so we're continuing on from the last episode. The Liberation of Venus continues in full swing with Able Squad leading the charge against Neo-Sapien forces, completely overpowering them. Um, the, the Neo-Sapiens are absolutely on the run and at the, on the verge of being completely defeated on Venus. Yeah, it doesn't uh,
2: doesn't seem like they really have much in the way of air support, which is the major thing. It seems like it's a lot of just, like, ground forces getting chewed up by uh, E-frames.
0: Well, yeah, it really, episode. it really seems like they never rebuilt their fleet after the graph Shield incident.
2: Well, I mean, and the question is, like, what would they rebuild it from, you know? Because, mm-hmm. um, like, at this point, you got to figure there's, like, major manpower shortages, major, you know, like, resource and material shortages and all the rest of it and uh only... phaeton's efforts yep. are on as we'll see in the coming uh, episodes like other you know he's focusing uh resources on other things other than just like pumping out you know like the day-to-day material of war
0: if only neo-sapiens could fly mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um he says ominously <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes horns horns could be very useful um Mar- marsh uh, during the fight contacts the resolute to report the situation and winfield begins i don't want to say maliciously but uh at least for Simbaka, gleefully bombarding bases from space um i like i like uh I, I i don't know if it's if it's like specific to the episode but when they first with the first space battle we saw with exo fleet was against the pirates and they were shooting down on places that didn't have an atmosphere. So like the lasers would just come down and like explode whatever they hit. Now it seems like whenever they're shooting into an atmosphere, the lasers like combust and the resolute two is shooting giant fireballs down at the ground.
2: Uh, Yeah. I didn't think about that being the case of the atmosphere, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're like literally igniting the atmosphere as they come down.
0: You
1: have to I, kind I don't of wonder what's in that atmosphere still, because even though it's it's obviously been um, like, changed and adapted to be suitable for human life, but the sunsets are still very purple. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> like one of the yeah. shots is like a it's a really beautiful like image actually, like the background image of like a really golden yellow sunset with like purple sky. But yeah, maybe there's still, who knows what, <laughs> in the
2: atmosphere. A lot of I, I actually.
0: Still. I actually don't think that that depiction it like in uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, that depiction, like sh- trying to uh, show that is on purpose. But in my head, that's why it's happening. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't
2: know. <laughs> like, I'm kind of here maybe, for it. Maybe Venus maybe it actually like does that. have a lot of methane still in the atmosphere. And the uh, incoming laser light. fires, like igniting it.
0: Be Venus. careful when you light your cigarette, right? So Venus, is well, and imagine. Very, oh, go ahead, sorry. I was to
1: say it's very beautiful, but it just smells like farts, like everywhere you go. It just <laughs> smells like say, cow yeah. farts.
2: It's like oh, there's nothing like a Venusian sunset, but but make sure you're wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> smells atrocious all the time. It's like, yeah, oh, you get used to it. Do
1: you think James and Nara just don't even notice? Like, if they were born on Venus and they grew up in it, they're like, oh, yeah, the beautiful fresh air of Venus. And you're like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like gagging turning green.
0: So, I, I lived in Seoul for a little while, and one time, um, as I was teaching kids English, and, and one time we had, like, this field day where we took them all to this giant park, and I was standing there as the kids were getting off the bus, and I was like... You know, I took a big whiff in, and I was like, "Man, it smells really good here." And another teacher I was with looked at me and said, "Dave, you're standing in bus exhaust." And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> <really> "Good." <laughs> it's just getting high on the fumes. <laughs> like, like it's that bus exhaust smelled better than your average like the air in Seoul for on that day. At least. Jeez, it wasn't oh always gosh. stinky, but. <laughs> rough. Um, yeah. Ju- so after uh, after Marsh reports, Winfield begins the bombardment, we cut to Avery, who's like watching the, the bombardment happen, and him and the jump troops start supporting the effort with uh, mortar and artillery fire. And Able Squad is readying for the next engagement as Nara is getting uh, more and more worried about James because he won't respond to her communications uh marsala attempts to comfort her and she's she kind of blows him off like yeah i have gotta worry about him he's my little brother yeah Yeah. it's it's funny kind of oh go ahead sorry i was gonna say
1: at this point i felt really sympathetic i was like yeah like james just pick up the radio bro and be like yeah i'm okay don't worry about me bye uh but you know later on the episode you kind of just want to be like nara just leave it alone Which what is, the is where,
2: like, I, I think go- Marsala keeps getting like increasingly exasperated <laughs> with her. She's like, "Jesus, just leave him alone!"
0: I swear to God, Nora, if I hear you say "Anaconda" to Rising Star one more time, <laughs> <laughs> I love their kind of code of names. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> uh, J- uh, J- James, uh, we we cut over to what James is doing, and he uh, he spots a Draconis. Landing in Vespa or Vesta?
2: Vesta, I think. Vesta,
0: yeah. Uh, isn't that
2: like a? Isn't Vesta like some kind of Greek thing?
0: Yes, I think it is. Well, I think uh, the one
1: yeah, I it's the it virgin is. goddess of the hearth, home, family. That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, so he sees Draconis landing in Vesta, and it, while while being the worst uh, little brother in the world. <laughs> Uh, he ignores Nara's repeated attempts to contact him and was like, fuck it. We're going to attack, um, during the attack Draconis or right before the attack Draconis is rallying his remaining troops and he's asking, does anyone here actually have combat experience? And the only one there that seems to have any is Thrax because he was demoted and put on, like, shuttle duty. So he wasn't in the front line fighting uh, against the exo-fleet coming after Venus. Um, he, ex- he, he gives Thrax an instant field promotion to Garrison Commander, which means nothing. And he tells Thrax that he set up a giant hydrogen bomb, like one of the ones, or a device that was used to terraform Venus. And uh, apparently this thing has the power, the explosive capability to destroy the city of Vespa when the exo fleet actually gets closer so that he can take out as many as possible. Thrax says, you know, but there's human laborers are all over the place. And Draconis is kind of like, I know. (laughs) He (laughs) he. Too bad. (laughs) Acceptable losses. They weren't weren't really people anyways. (laughs) What
2: were they using hydrogen bombs for to terror? I mean, maybe there's some good scientific reason. I'm not a scientist of that kind. Um, but why? What? Like, <laughs> it seems to be that, like, detonating a bunch of radioactive weapons all over your planet what? you're trying to terraform is probably not a great
0: idea. I was assuming that they weren't. like. So, like, he says hydrogen-based explosive devices, which, of course, like like you said brings up the idea of a hydrogen atom bomb right right uh but i'm not sure if that's what he meant like i feel like they were trying to use it to like i i have no idea i i, I was trying to come up with an excuse in my head and i got nothing now like, <laughs> right. yeah, like, like... they're, they're just setting up a bunch of nukes that's how that's how you terraform <laughs> planets people look it up
2: <laughs> just nuke the shit out of them and then somehow you'll get an atmosphere we promise
0: it just kicks so much dust in the air that you create an ozone layer. <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah, it's just like it's like, oh yeah, this old hydrogen bomb from what we were for. It's like, well, did you guys really? I mean, maybe that's why the atmosphere is like still purple.
0: <laughs> it smells like farts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the resistance begins its assault, um, destroying Draconis' personal shuttle, and Thrax leaves to find an E frame. Nara is becoming increasingly frustrated because she doesn't she still doesn't know what's going on with James. And as uh JT and the rest of the members of Able Squad rejoin her position, um he, she says, we gotta go after James and see what's going on. Uh, and JT says, but Winfield told us not to attack Vesta mm. uh because, you know, of all the people there, we don't want to risk them. But Mars- Marsala, at first, is like, yes, we have to do what Admiral Winfield says, like JT just ordered us to, but we could go there as a recon <laughs> mission. And that's all the justification JT needs. He's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. We better go check and see what's happening.
1: Yeah. I love also, like, there's some really good animation of, like, Nora's face during this little <laughs> she- dialogue. Cause, like. She's like, fucking Anaconda to goddamn Rising Star, where the fuck are you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, when JT asks, like, Marsala, well, what do you think? Like, should we go, you know, go find James or whatever? Um, I believe Marsala actually says, like, "I I don't think personal matters should interfere with the mission. Like, that's not what we're here to do. And her face, like... Yeah, like just the animation of like the way her face changes to look so angry. And then he's like, but we are here to do recon. So, like, and then it's like, ah, like this total turnaround in her facial expression. Um, she, I don't know. It was actually, it was, I thought it was really good animation. kind of like that. She,
0: she literally does the little kid thing where she like puffs out her cheeks. She's like,
1: mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to also like go back a second. So, like, when Draconis is leaving the. Whatever, like, is it Fort Elizabeth that they're stationed in?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: He tells, I think it's like, after he tells Thrax to go, like, basically on this suicide mission to use the hydrogen bombs or whatever. Um, he says, "I'm going to strike the heart of Exo Squad," and you're like, "No, you're not. You're fucking running away." <laughs> <laughs>
0: But to his credit, he does start fighting. Like, he does start personally fighting here in a little bit. Yeah, when he but thinks like,
2: he, when he thinks it's just the resistance and he's able to overwhelm them.
0: Yeah. Um. And, and, like, also when he said that, I was like, what the fuck are you going to do?
2: Right. <laughs> he's, well, know, he's, like, got
0: that, re- he's got that
2: super cool E-frame with, like, the Neosapien feet and everything. That's, like, yeah. it's probably my favorite E-frame of the show, if I'm being honest. It looks cool it, as hell.
0: It is the most, like... Phaeton's E frame is cool because it's like sleek and it has claws and shit, but like his is covered with guns and spikes. It is the most menacing E frame in the series, I think.
2: Although, actually, it's- the most menacing person involved in the entire battle, I'm going to drop a screen cap of him in chat. We can describe it here in a moment, but first, I just want you to see him. Most menacing figure in the entire battle.
0: <laughs> jetpack resistance man. Know, he's like, he's got, got a gun. He's got
2: a he's got a pistol, an orange ball cap, and goggles. Like he's he's set.
0: He's ready he's ready to kick some ass. And he does kick ass. He takes out like two E frames of that pistol. He like leads the charge. He's like the
2: first person in the base. It's, like I don't give a shit. Oh. I got a jetpack. I got some goggles. Oh.
1: All you need is a jetpack, some goggles, and a baseball cap, and you're good to go. Yeah, Whatever's
2: your so dreams
0: can come true. All <laughs> right.
2: It's like, how, how did how did humanity even lose in the first place?
1: This <laughs> <laughs> one guy should have taken out everyone.
0: Oh, really should have. Maybe he was like taking a nap when the invasion first happened, and that's why it succeeded.
2: Like, <laughs> like just doing his best Rip Van Winkle impression.
0: Uh. Thre- uh, Thrax finds an E frame and begins engaging the resistance and, like, pins James and a couple of other guys between himself and another force of Neo Sapiens, uh, putting James in a pretty bad spot. Uh, and then Draconis Kool Aid man through a wall and uh, <laughs> starts going after James, taking out his E frame and injuring him very badly um is this
1: the point where james also shouts something like for exo squad for venus blah!
0: Like...
2: <laughs> yeah it's like he adds a charge in yeah there's like a it's just like extremely like awesome battle cry
0: please
1: put that audio in here
0: <laughs> all right i'll put james's scream in <laughs> um Uh, as we were talking about before, Draconis has this like very unique and interesting looking e frame. I rem I, I had I had the toy for that, and like if you look at it, there's these two giant like black balls with yellow spikes on each shoulder. Mm-hmm. And the toy, if he, he, you had to like shoot them both at the same time, <sighs> other it w- wouldn't work. And had like two separate buttons. Those were tied together, so they made like a bola effect. No shit yeah they were really cool
2: (laughs) so like i know we've talked about it before but like hands down best toys i think in the 90s
0: all the more amazing
2: that this show never caught on yeah yeah i'm Uh, looking at
1: some i'm looking at like there's a picture of the entire um like toy set for draconis yeah and like his e-frame is as you say badass yeah and then it shoots like so like two little black balls with like yellow spots on them right and they're like connected with a little piece of string
0: yep did and you also,
1: also have has... what what looks like a, like a big punching hand that just, like, shoots yep. out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing that all the bits was. and pieces.
2: This is great. That it's...
0: classic rocket fist from a robot.
2: <laughs> also, just from, like, an aesthetic perspective also, I think he's got, like, the best color scheme. Like, the black and orange mm-hmm. with yellow highlights is, like, mm-hmm. a really strong look. All right, yeah. So he's kicking the shit out of James. This is the part too where he like he blasts James into that like the Venus billboard that's like conveniently been damaged enough so there's no nudity.
0: No, no titties or cooter in this cartoon. <laughs> Not just some strategic Did you just call
2: damage. Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was I was trying to think of a family friendly friendly word for it.
2: <laughs> I don't know if cooter is. I was is this gonna get a an R rating?
0: we're already labeled explicit so are we really? uh that's probably I, I swear I did. so much <laughs> I, I did that i did yeah. that because i i swear so much so yeah that's that's, that's fair yeah. i guess
1: i did yeah. i did want to say sorry just because you mentioned that billboard which i love uh i love that this is like a kid's show with the, all these references to ancient greek and roman mythology and like this is another great example of that right it's like the painting the birth of venus Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then they've used it on the billboard like Welcome to Venus. What's funny though is like, as you point out, the parts where the, the boobies and the cuda have been <laughs> selectively like damaged or removed from the billboard I mean, she's actually holding her hands over those parts of her body yeah. anyway so it was like very yep. I mean, it's still very like titillating painting I can understand why you would want to adapt that for a children's show, but um, yeah, Birth of Venus by Botticelli, go check it out if you don't know what we're talking about
0: Thank you. Uh where were we? Oh, uh yeah, Throw so Thra- Thrax like takes out James, um doesn't doesn't kill him, he's about to, but then Exosquad swoops in and saves the day. Um a- as as Exosquad interferes, Draconis orders Thrax to go set off the bomb.
2: But first, then uh, we get the oh, uh, but first, uh, <laughs> right. we do have the amazing dogfight between Thrax and Bronsky. 30, um
0: 30, 30 seconds of just demonstrating Brodsky being the worst pilot. Well, or so the best part as, of it not is' as good as
2: thrax. <laughs> thrax is like, oh, we'll see how good you are and then does a really simple maneuver just basically flying into a um into a hangar, flies out the open the open other side of a hangar. Bronsky's like, oh shit and then instead of also just simply flying straight and leaving the hangar, he inexplicably turns on his side and crashes through the door. <laughs>
0: And then he just gets out of his e frame and he's like, "Oh man, that sucked."
2: It's just like another perfect landing. But it's just <laughs> like if you just kept flying straight, like it was a, the door was wide enough, like Frax just flew out more or less without changing his trajectory at all. And he's just like, "Oh man, there's a door there. I better turn sideways and crash through it."
0: it it's a it's a it's a big subverted subversion of expectations because you're like, "Yeah, there's going to be this cool dogfight." Nope.
2: Bog. <laughs> no, I mean... can't even fly through an open door.
1: Yeah, again there's like moments where you're like, I know Bronsky's like supposed to be super cool and tough and whatever but I'm like, how is this guy in the Able Squad? Like, is this nepotism? <laughs> like, does he have an uncle? Like, is Winfield his great uncle or something? I don't know. Like, <laughs>
0: what is going on?
2: This is like great uncle Hound Bronsky is like in the ExoFleet command structure and like pulled some strings to get him in there.
0: I bet – I bet you – I haven't seen – I I don't think – I don't know. I've never read up on, like, Bronski's history, but I bet you there's, like, there's, like, a family history of joining Exo Fleet in Bronski's family. It's see, – he seems like – he seems like he maybe came from that background. He's not uptight, but, like, he's gruff and, like, into it, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: for sure. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like – you know, like, from a military family. And it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's hilariously a bad pilot, but he's a good soldier.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he has moments of incredible competence and importance in his actions, and then other times he, like, scrapes off the arm of his e-frame on the side of a rock wall. Yeah, because <laughs> he over. just can't fly in a straight line. Maybe he just really likes making work for Maggie. He's, like, trying to get her attention. <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh
0: draconis orders thrax to go set off the bomb uh and thrax leaves and he says yeah i'll get i'll should i he asked should i rendezvous with the shuttle and draconis is like if you can <laughs> and as he's leaving he reveals to creon that the device will explode immediately upon thrax activating it and he was lying about the timer Right. Um,
2: Which there's like no reason for that. Like, five, just be like, dude, it's a five minute timer. Get out of there as fast as you can. That'll still probably leave it plenty of time to detonate.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> well, so, so, um, so we're, uh, we're watching Samurai Jack right now. And, uh, Dr- Draconis, Draconis is almost like a coup level evil. Like, he's just a dick for being a dick's right. <laughs> sake. Like, it's like yeah. I could just kill you because you know,
2: like why not? It'll be funny.
0: Well, he wanted he wanted to kill like he hated Thrax anyways for for letting Kaz go. So, you know, he's probably just like, Yep, <laughs> another one bites the dust.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, again, just like, you know, you're you're short on manpower, you're short on equipment. This is probably the best pilot that the sapiens have period he's probably the best pilot yeah. in the solar system and you're just like okay yeah like go go like unnecessarily di- die blowing up this bomb that's mostly just a like not even like a meaningful retaliation <laughs> weapon just like a you yeah. know mild fuck you to the exo fleet
0: it, it is purely slaughter for slaughter's sake
2: yeah right?
0: um what a kaz kaz sees thrax leaving and he doesn't know it's thrax but he he goes off after him because he's like why is this one e-frame leaving um and
1: uh this is where they fly into a giant there's like a giant glass dome with just like a very convenient window for things to fly into right yep okay cool i bring that up because i'm going to make another relevant comment about this later but like okay i was just like wow isn't that great this like huge dome protecting this very important hydrogen thing with a giant window so that stuff can fly in here okay cool <laughs>
0: not not just big enough for an e-frame to fly in, big enough for a exo fighter to fly in. <laughs> yeah like has right. his
1: whole fighter <laughs>
0: um and so thrax thrax uh goes to activate the bomb and he actually like puts the key in and he's about to turn it and he's like, "No, I'm not going to destroy things just for destruction's sake." And he crushes the key, which Kaz can. By the way, it looks oh, like ahead. a
1: giant ring pop.
0: It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like a giant black ring pop. Sorry. All right, go ahead.
0: <laughs> uh, Kaz confronts him, and he, he, when he sees Thrax's face, he realizes who he is, and um, Kaz starts to, or Thrax starts to walk away. And Kaz is like, "No, stop! I'm, you're you're my prisoner now." And don't make me shoot you. Yeah, don't make me shoot you. And uh, th- there's there's a couple things that Thrax says here which are really like, wow, ah, good, mm. so good." Um, he said he first he says when he when Kaz recognizes him, he says, "Oh, so I guess we don't all look alike to Terrans." <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> That's so good.
0: And as he's walking away, uh, you know, you like you said, Kaz says, don't make me shoot you. He says, no one makes you fire. It's a decision you make for yourself, and you have to live with it. And Kaz lets him go. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he
1: can't shoot someone in the back. He's like, oh, he's not yeah. a – yeah.
0: Choice, it it almost re- it almost reminded me – I think they actually use the same music. It almost reminded me of the scene where Kaz goes to get um, Marcus. Hmm.
2: Yeah, at the end there, and Marcus tells him to, like, fuck off. Like, Marcus, uh, whatever's Allen or whatever his last name is, like, still knows how to, or whatever his name is. Matthew Marcus knows how to die with, yep. um with what is it, uh, dignity or something like that? I can't remember exactly what he says. But yeah, yeah.
0: Honor or dignity, some, yeah. some, some military concept. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, like, also, like, one of the best scenes in the show, for sure. And that music yeah. is really good. Like, I mean, I think it's one of the more underappreciated. Mm. I mean, people talk a lot about the theme, but the score's throughout are yeah. phenomenal yeah, yeah.
1: Like, show really, a... Oh, go ahead. i was gonna say there's just really ominous music at the opening because like this episode also like just dives straight into the action um hmm. but the music really sets the tone of like ominous serious danger i don't know stuff like that it's fantastic
2: yeah does the show just have one composer or is there i don't know i'm googling
0: composer michael tavera hmm.
1: what else did he do does it say uh
0: let's see he's got a, he's got a list of stuff let's see if there's anything on here that people might know uh specifically he's worked with james horner a lot who why is that name familiar mm, don't i oh james horner has won multiple academy awards uh, huh.
1: <laughs> oh yeah i yeah. even recognize him okay
0: for like tight
1: yeah i was gonna say he has a picture of him standing next to james
0: cameron oh wow yeah so yeah this this guy this guy's done i wouldn't there's not a lot here who i'm like i'm like it's not a lot here that i'm like okay yeah everyone would have heard of this you, uh, but you, mean, you haven't of, heard of
2: jakers the adventures of pigglywinks winks
0: no no i have not
2: (laughs) (laughs) or the land before Uh, time 12 the great day of the flyers wait 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 wait. it doesn't
0: it doesn't stop there he's got he's got credits for two through 12 damn 13 land before time two through 13 this guy has worked on yeah wow and I'm sure the music is fine.
2: <laughs> no, I mean he, like, he's like I mean just based on his work on Exo Squad because he's done all 52 episodes of Exo Squad. Like he's really talented. It's just yeah, it seems like I mean he's had a he's had a really active career. I mean he's been doing you know like multiple scores sometimes like a dozen or more scores a year. It looks like, but especially in the 90s, so we,
0: we just we just talked about how cool James Horner is. J, the the credits that he has with James Horner are mostly on Land Before Time movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, he did the uh, Super Mario World show. The old one nice. from the early 90s. Sick. Um, And the Swamp Thing, a TV miniseries? Never mind. I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not. Huh. Yeah. Well, something, uh, I mean...
1: something called Dog It Down, which I'm scared to click on,
2: but... <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> and he's still working he's got uh yeah. he's work on stuff that's uh that's still coming up well heck yeah good for you uh michael tavera
0: yeah we love your work um so uh thrax leaves he shoots a hole in the ceiling um very Which, dramatically
1: it's like there was a giant window there like two minutes ago just fly out through the window i don't know i guess whatever
0: It looks better. Well, he's going going to space, and he wanted to make as straight a line as possible.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So not only is he, like, avoiding the window, though, but then he shoots a missile up to blow out this, like, huge chunk of glass, and, like, all of this glass is going to rain down on where Kaz is standing below. I was thinking
0: of that, too. Kaz Kaz spends the next, like, three weeks in ExoFleet getting glass pulled out of his body by (laughs) new nurse. It's
1: like, uh, What's... Which... Oh my god, it's like one of the um, fucking Final Destination movies where that person gets like...
2: Final Destination 2.
1: Thank you, where the person gets like Why? bisected by a
2: sheet of glass. He doesn't get bisected, what? he gets smushed. Like literally Is that just what like happens? Okay, smushed by it. Yeah, it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, I have to talk about for a moment how Lexi was just like... Yeah, it was in one of the Final Destination movies, and without missing a fucking beat, Trayvon, you were like Final <laughs> Destination two. Yeah, I've seen that movie.
2: That movie. So like the Final Destination series is actually pretty solid. Um, it is. The yeah. second one is hands down the best one because it has some of the most <laughs> hilarious death moments, including that kid getting crushed by a sheet of glass that falls on him. Um, can't recommend it enough uh, if you haven't seen it. Is that the one with the gymnast as well? No, the gymnast is Final Destination. So I get a little hazier when I get out into some of the later ones, but I want to <laughs> say it's four or five. Okay. Um, also a hilarious scene. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the glass one is definitely the second one. I, it brings to mind also like the the opening like the first Suspiria movie. But it's just, like, it's really funny coming off that of they have this, like, really tender moment. Like, not tender, but this, like, really dramatic moment where, like, you know, Thrax, like, invites him to shoot him and is like, you know, but you're going to have to live with the consequences of shooting the, the, like, person who, like, spared you in the back and then, like, flies off and then showers Cas with the glass. <laughs> like, potentially, <laughs> like, you know, like, grievously wounding if not killing him. Peace out.
0: He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um... We we in, we cut back to Able Squad at this point, watching them like kind of mop up the rest of the Neo Sapien troops in Vesta. Uh, a couple of good scenes here, like we see Maggie going one on one with what seems to also be like a construction e frame, like a Neo Sapien construction e frame with like a giant drill. I really like that. Um, and someone from the Resistance is about to shoot some Neo Sapien soldiers who have surrendered. And she's just like, uh uh-uh, uh. Uh uh. Uh-uh, that's not what we do here. She <laughs> picks like, him up by both his hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Also during this at the very start of the sequence, if there's a blink and you'll miss it moment, but there is a lady Neo Sapien fighting. Um, uh uh-huh. she's in like a mint green uniform with like purple like shoulder pads and wrist guards. And like one of the resistance members like rocks up on them and like points a gun at them. It's like two Neosapiens points a gun at them. And they like put their arms up, and I'm pretty sure anyway. It looks like she has boobs, so it like looks like a like another lady of Neosapien.
0: Ven- Venusian Neosapien soldiers have the best outfits. They're Hands very, down. They're very they're very colorful, and I love it. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. It's the, like the um... mint green mechanic corps <laughs> uniform or whatever. <laughs>
1: i love that color green it's great oh but as i say you also pointed out because there's like some real what you call what ag chic or ag hipster that's like farmer <laughs> resistance fighter i don't know fashion sense yeah like human resistance people i don't know there's one in particular she's also wearing i think like it's like mint green and purple and she's got this giant purple hat on she looks like she's going to a prince concert um yeah with a gun cool.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, like hipster, it's like hipster farmer. It's wonderful. Like I, I don't know. It the, the future looks bright given just some of the fashion choices available.
0: <laughs> bring back, bring back exo fleet or neo sapien forces fashion. <laughs> or just, just any fashion from this show really
2: <laughs> right. i'm start cutting my hair with like inexplicable lines and like all sorts of stuff oh, i see it. he
0: just posted a picture of the greatest Neo Sapien face ever
2: <laughs> yeah there's like i think like top five facial expressions when uh maggie rips the uh the like i don't know what you call it like uh dome lid whatever top the canopy of the, the canopy that's a that's it exactly rips the canopy off of this uh, other Neo sapien drill mech uh, and the guy's just like mouth flies open it's uh, wonderful and he actually if you watch like in the actual animation he even takes his mouth hanging open but he takes a
0: moment to blink <laughs> <laughs> it's great he's shocked and amazed uh, we we get we then go um, to Draconis getting to his escape craft Uh, in space and uh, one of the people there is like we'll we'll leave after this last e-frame gets in and it's Thrax flying up to join them and he lands and Draconis is like wait you didn't set off the bomb and Thrax lies to him he's like the bomb malfunctioned and Draconis absolutely knows that he's full of shit (laughs) and he's like You know, it would have been one thing if you just disobeyed my orders, but now you've lied to me. You are definitely going to be executed. And he's interrupted by a giant hologram of Phaeton, not in his, like, medical suit anymore. uh, Which is important for later. Mm. And Phaeton is like, okay, I'm coming to fix your fucking incompetence. And I'm bringing, he says he's bringing a single ship. But he is actually bringing an entire fleet. But the important part is when uh, he says that, like the the sensor technician is like, there is something wrong with the sensors. There is a massive object coming from Earth, and we see that uh, I think it's called the Olympus Mons Two, uh, Phaeton's new flagship, which like they they show it next to other Neo Sapien capital ships, and they look like as small as E-frames do next to them when they're in front of it. Which is super cool. I I love gigantic, gigantic spaceships.
2: Right. Does it have some kind of cloaking or whatever? Because it shows up on their, like, video screen as, like, a weird, hazy, yellow outline or silhouette.
0: I think they were trying to demonstrate, like, why... I don't know why it does that, but I think the reason why they did that was they were trying to demonstrate, like, why the um, the sensor technician was extremely confused. Because, like, he couldn't, like, it, it would it probably would have been better served if, like, it just, you know, you saw this giant yellow object flying across the screen, but the screen was too small to actually show you the entire ship. Yeah. I think that's what they were trying to get across. Yeah. Uh, Fair. i wasn't quite sure there I, uh, I did notice that too
2: i do have another theory potentially for why they were so confused i'm gonna post another <laughs> pic here and then describe it um if you look at the two sensor technicians <laughs> their eyes are kind of like <laughs> like real fucking red in a way we've not really seen like most other deo <laughs> sapiens <laughs> like it's like are these guys like you know popping edibles on the drop or something just like super ripped you're
1: Maybe Venus right is where they grow all the weed.
2: Oh yeah, it yeah, is. yeah, but they, like, made sure to sneak their sneaker stash off the planet before they evacuated. <laughs> it's like, it's the <laughs> Cheech and Chong of, like, the Neo-Sapien Navy.
0: Yo, man. <laughs> What's that big thing? Uh, I should probably never do that. I try to do that accent again. Uh, that's, that's anyway. <laughs> There's always a that, that, that's that's the end of the episode a really quick one um mm. yeah this is so much action that it just like not not a whole lot of deep stuff to talk about again just like bam 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 but like you know we're moving the story along in a really fast clip mm. yeah
2: yeah it's a kind of you know sort of culmination of the taking back the inner planets and then you know it's just going to be all the, the big drama of the battle for earth to come and oh um, yeah
0: a- and the last the last thing or maybe this is is the beginning of the next episode, Um, we see Nara and Marsala finding James.
2: Mm, That happens a little bit before this scene, yeah. She runs over and he's, like, unconscious or whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, And, you know, he's obviously very hurt. It's not very well indicated in the show that he's hurt, because, you know, it's a kid's show and they couldn't, like, make it gory. But the the implication is that he is near death.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might even be able, like, if you don't know what that, like, you know, James shows up in later episodes, it almost could be read. I think that he's like dead here even.
0: Yeah. That's what I was going to, I was just going to say he's, is, he is severely injured if not already dead.
2: Yeah. And there's like a little pan at the end of the scene. Cause we have like Nara, like holding James crying. And then like Marsala walks up behind her and we pan up to Marsala and then pan left to like see a little bit of the welcome to venus sign um yep which is like an interesting cinematic choice like um i like it it's like just kind of like a oh you know like kind of juxtaposing this is supposed to be like the beautiful paradise of the human or like terran empire or whatever and it's like in ruins everything's destroyed uh, right um, it's a nice yeah nice little um little cinema cinematographic touch
0: war destroys everything it,
2: I mean, it does, though. <laughs> yeah, I, um,
1: I had one last thing to add, because, like, right before we started recording, I don't know, we were trying to, like, look for what episode number this was, so I googled Venus Rising. turns out Venus Rising is also a 1995 erotic science fiction film. Shit. Uh, hmm. Starring Morgan Fairchild, and it looks like a very, what must have been a very young Jessica Elba back in 1995, so. Oh, shit. Just a random Ooh. factoid for you, if you want to go on IMDb <laughs> and look at a uh, Venus Rising.
2: <laughs> <laughs> erotic science. Read, is that like how I'll, it's billed?
1: Uh, that's literally the the Wikipedia description is an erotic science fiction film. The IMDb like little mini synopsis says. Eve visits an island prison with her mom. When a riot makes the owner abandon it, she grows up there and escapes. She adjusts to an advanced world outside of VR dating, etc. And I'm like, I have no idea what this movie's about, but it's. I kind of want that... to get really high and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: wait, sounds wait. amazing. Sorry, <laughs> the the deeper description on Wikipedia: Eve grows up on a privately run prison island. Ooh, prison prison porn. <laughs> God.
2: And then and then goes oh, off to man. date a whole bunch. What is this movie?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Oh. I just, it's just a weird coincidence, I guess, because when did this episode come out? This would have been like
0: years before beforehand. Uh, the yeah. TV
1: show. Yeah.
0: Uh, they actually came out pretty close together. Well. Venus, 19, <laughs> so the movie came out after this episode in okay. 1995.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Which also, this movie stars, Venus Rising stars Joel Grey, which if anybody's seen the absolutely forgotten, but um, unjustly so, 1980s action film Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins. Uh, Joel Grey <laughs> played Chun in, uh, you know, it's a white guy, classic case of a white guy playing an East Asian man. But nevertheless, uh, phenomenal role, excellent 80s action film, uh, also highly recommended.
0: Well, I learned yes. something today.
2: <laughs> yeah. Knowledge uh, is power. <laughs>
0: I, I, and that's that's my plug for the week. Go watch Venus right now. <laughs> oh, that's gosh. terrible.
2: Now, watch uh, The Adventures of Remo Williams instead. Uh, it's got Wolford Brimley in it. Um, at in his, like, peak Quaker Oats, like, uh, commercial era, like, Wilford Brimley.
0: All right, all right. Well, uh so uh, on that note, uh, do you have any do you have any other things you want to plug or recommend this week? Mm-hmm.
2: Don't go see it. if you haven't seen it yet, uh, don't bother with the new Matrix movie. Uh, we watched that this weekend and it was a <laughs> I, stinker. I liked it.
1: I uh I to uh, say I feel like this is going to be a very divisive film <laughs> for a lot of people. <laughs> I can
0: see that. It's obviously it's obviously like I would Probably rate it between Matrix two and three. Mm, yeah, I mean that's fair.
2: Yeah, uh, but I didn't particularly care for either of those movies.
0: Right. So, so you see where it's you see where it's landing. But for me, I love garbage movies, and this was pretty trash tier garbage. So I, I liked it enough to to say to say if you like those kind of movies, go watch it. Fair,
2: fair. I mean, I also like shitty movies, but I don't know. It just it <laughs> just felt like it didn't ha- like there was nothing really to it, and it was like two and a half hours long. And I don't mind long movies at all, but it really. It it felt like it was you felt every single minute of that two and a half hours. Personally, I I yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't really and the whole fact where they're like at the beginning like, This is a shameless like cash grab. It's like that doesn't make this any better. <laughs>
0: like... Yeah. Just because just because you criticized the movie in the movie doesn't mean you're above criticizing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like, Yes, we know we're doing a shameless cash grab. It's like, Well fuck you, make it better. You it's, it's
0: like it's like it's like people who like use self-deprecating humor to like not be responsible for their bad things <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: yeah. cover up the fact that they're absolute pieces of shit yeah 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 i uh,
0: mean they were
1: they were parts of it that i enjoyed i liked the first act i thought the first act was cool and then that's why mm-hmm. like the last the rest of the movie was a little bit of a letdown. Um. Mm. I don't know. I liked some of the metatextual humor, like, again, without giving away any of the plot for anyone who does want to see it, just, you know, there's a lot of stuff, again, especially in the first act where they're kind of, like, making fun of or reflecting on the fact that they're making this, like, sequel-sequel years later, and it's a bit of a cash grab or whatever, like, some of that stuff landed really well for me, but then there were other points where I was just like, okay, you don't have to be so heavy-handed. Like, I am yeah. an intelligent it's... adult human being. Like, I can also... You don't have to, like, spoon-feed me the meta text. <laughs>
2: Like,
0: I know what's going
2: on. I took philosophy 101 or whatever, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's one thing that I love and one thing that I'll call them cowards for in that movie. The guy who plays uh, Mr. Anderson's boss Mm. um, or, like, business partner or whatever Mm -hmm. is the guy who's, like, most most well-known for playing King George in Hamilton.
2: Yeah, yeah. I saw some. We watched the Honest trailer for that, and they mentioned that.
0: And if they weren't cow, I don't think it's I don't think it's a spoiler to say because I think it's in the trailers and everything that uh, you know one of the premises that ne- uh, Neo is working for a video game company. If they wouldn't have been cowards, they would have used the cutscene from the Matrix Online, which is supposedly canon to the story, where where Morpheus dies.
2: Hmm fair i
0: just wanted to i just wanted to see them bust out like a 2007 mid-tier video game <laughs> cutscene in the middle of this <laughs> giant
2: movie with morpheus getting gunned down yeah yeah that would have been rad i would have been here for it um yeah i don't know yeah it, Mixed like, feelings. It, well, i think the thing that really like likes you kind of mentioned the heavy-handed subtext and that was the thing i think that really like kind of pushed me off of it was the uh the whole like oh fake news is bad people are so gullible blah 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 and it's like even a lot of the people that think like I'm a smart news consumer and I believe in facts like you you also still fall for a bunch of gullible
0: shit
2: <laughs> like
0: you are not immune to propaganda yeah, I am not immune to propaganda yeah, no one is all
2: of us to are it's like this whole like we believe in facts and the other side is like you know succumbs to emotions and stories it's like that's <laughs> like literally everybody. Like, I I remember living through the build-up to the Iraq War and, like, you know, watching everybody go, hey, this is a rad idea. It'll be fine. Yeah,
0: Um, it's it's super cool. We haven't been in the war in a while. Yeah.
2: Yeah, (laughs) and, I mean, a lot of people still believe that Russia somehow, like, actually physically altered the outcome of the 2016 election, uh, which it did. Yep. Uh, So, you know, it's like, uh, come on, like, just spare me, spare me the, like, politicking. Like, yes, I know Trump, Trump equal bad man, of course, but, like, maybe we don't really have to get super heavy-handed about that in a action movie about people, like, logging onto the internet and doing kung fu.
0: Maybe maybe <laughs> I just want to see Carrie-Anne Moss and Keanu Reeves uh, bring the next generation of Neos out. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's good enough. That's all I want to see. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I could have I know, I could I also seen a bad, little man. bit more Carrie-Anne Moss, to be honest, as well. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, it would have been nice She's to, great. Uh, yeah and underutilized mm-hmm. well,
2: yeah yeah i like honestly i think the movie would have been a lot more interesting if it was her um mm-hmm. that was the focus of it like it was her trying to like kind of like swim through this like my well i don't want to get into the hole i don't want to get the plot away but if she was the focus of it it would have been a lot better um i think although i do want to say the one thing i did enjoy a lot was keanu reeves like really just reverting to neo perfectly <laughs> just uh-huh. this like kind of just like lovable oaf who doesn't know what's going on and is just like always squinting and looking confused perfect
0: i still know kung fu <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, what is happening <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, on that on that note i think, think i'll bring it to a close uh, yeah. thanks for listening everyone um and we will see you next time Yep.
2: cheers Thank you bye